1: Well, I'm so excited for this series. Without exaggeration, I want to tell you that we believe this is going to be one of the most life-changing events that you've ever been a part of. I believe that God is going to restore broken marriages that are on the brink of divorce. I believe that God is going to restore the fire and passion to couples who have been together for a long time, and they've lost that. I, don't, I also believe, and I hate to kind of say it, but I also believe there's not just going to be a lot of beginning and, and, and starting. I think there's also going to be a lot of healthy ending I think there are some of us here today have been in some relationships that have been quote unquote complicated for far too long. And I think at the end of this series, God's going to give you the clarity that you need to take and the confidence to take that next step. If your relationship has already ended and you're coming out of a divorce, I believe God's going to give you healing. And if you're single, I believe God is going to bring you somebody at the end of these six weeks. All the single people say amen. Amen. That's what she said over there. She said, amen. Amen. Literally, that's what I'm praying for. Amen. That's what I need. I heard you. Um, Simmer down. Okay. Uh, um, I'm really excited. Uh, I know that sounds like a lot of things for a six-week sermon series, but doing a lot of things in a small amount of time is kind of God's M.O. He created the world in six days and then saved it in three, dying on Friday, coming back to life on Sunday. I think he can change your life in six weeks. And so I want to encourage you to continue coming, okay? That's why we got some invite cards for you in the back when you leave. They're to give to you a friend who keeps complaining about her husband or her boyfriend. Just be like, just come to church, girl. You need Jesus. He's the only one who can do it for you, okay? If you're in a relationship and you want your spouse to come, just slip the invite card in the cereal box, all right? In the morning, they're going to take a surprise. And you'll be like, boom, come to church. Just jump on them like that. And, you know what I'm saying? And, and uh, maybe if you're single, is there really a better first date than church? I'm just saying, if you're looking for an opportunity to break the ice, you can be like, what are you doing on Sunday? Because I know a place. And if you want, I could pick you up and maybe we can go out to eat afterwards. And it sounds like a date. No, no, it's church, girls. Church. <laughs> church church. And so, you know, it's a great way to break the ice. And so you go ahead and, and, uh, and, and you do that. Hey, um, two things are going to happen during these next six weeks. First off, we're going to equip you, all right? We're going to equip you with steps and we're going to equip you with material. This is what we are calling the bundle of love, okay, which sounds way better than the love bundle. When I first said that, I was like, I think we need a Flip those words around. And so the Bundle of Love are four books, uh, Love and Respect, Five Love Languages from This Day Forward, Love, Sex, and Dating. We don't have a lot of these. These are a limited supply, but they're a great foundation for building your relationship on. All of them come from a Christian biblical perspective. Um, we're just charging you what it costs us. And so after we went on Amazon and paid for shipping, it costs us $45 for all four books, and that's what we're charging you. And so we make no profit on it, but if you'd like it, and it's great to read together as a couple, you can go ahead and have it. I don't know how many we have, not a lot. I think we only have 20, and we have about 350, 380 people that come to the church. And so you want to grab them, you want to grab them today uh, if, you, if, you, if you'd like to. Um, also, we're going to have a lot of fun because in an encouraging and unapologetic way, we're going to be doing some evaluating and probably honestly some laughing at the weird ideas that we build our relationships on. In fact, the title of today's sermon is Finding Your Foundation. Because if you're gonna build a relationship, whether you're single or in one, you need to make sure that you're building it on the right foundation. And unfortunately for so many of us, we pull more of our romantic pictures from Hollywood and love songs than we do the word of God. And listen, I'm not hating on it, okay? I love the notebook just as much as the next guy who won't admit it. But the notebook ain't got nothing on his book. Come on, somebody. I worked all week on that. I know it's corny, but clap for me, okay? The notebook ain't got nothing on his book, all right? And listen, I love love songs, too. You just got to be careful because love songs don't always tell the truth. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, and I love them. I, I used to make CDs for girls back in high school. That's I love songs were my thing, you know, but I was a Christian, so I put it in order. Made sure that the message, you know, made sense and it was biblical, you know? So I'd be like, all my life. I'll pray for someone like you because I'm a Christian, so i pray. And then after that, I'll be like, meet me at the altar in your white dress. We ain't getting no younger. We might as well do this. Been thinking for a while, girl, I must confess. Let's get married. Let's get married. Right, because I'm a Christian. So I get married. So we pray praying, I'm going to get married. And then after that, it was like, I'll make love to you. Don't judge me. I'm married at that point, so I can do it, okay? I did it in order. I did it in order, all right? So I love love songs, man. But my problem with love songs is it's real. It's just not the whole story because there's another half to it. Like, come on, Stevie. I love Stevie Wonder, my man. But I just called to say I love you. I just call. I'm to have fun. To say how much I care, I just call. Come on. To say it's for you, baby. I love that's a lie. I've been married almost 10 years, and now once has my wife just called to tell me she loves me. Now don't get me wrong, the conversation starts with I love you and it ends with I love you. But in the middle it's I need milk and I need toilet paper. Where's that at, Stevie? Come on, man. Nobody just calls to tell you we love you. I love you and I'm hungry. Would you mind bringing some milk back from the grocery store on your way home from work? That's the whole story. Stevie don't want to sing about the milk in the toilet paper. (laughs) Stevie just wants to sing about love and that's my problem with it. Right. The love songs are not complete. And 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 you got And I want to just warn you, OK, you got to get your expectations for marriage, not from a love song, but from the word of God, from the one who invented it. First John chapter four, verse eight says this. But anyone who does not love does not know God for God is love. And God is telling you, if you've got some love issues and you don't know how to get out of it, well, how about turning to the one who invented it? Because he knows how to do it. He knows how to make it work. Turn to him, he knows all about love. And it's not just the love songs either, guys. It's these movies that we'll be watching. Oh my goodness, like Disney movies. I love Disney movies, but they will mess a little girl up. Beauty and the Beast? Come on. He's a beast. He's a monster, got claws, he got teeth. What are you doing with him? Oh, but but there's a prince inside of him. Mm -hmm. And that's what every little girl thinks when she finds herself in an abusive relationship. I can change him with a kiss. It's okay. There's a prince somewhere inside that beast. No, it's a movie. He got teeth. Girl, run. (laughs) Run for your life. Little mermaid? Come on. She's a weirdo. she got a whole room full of treasure and shells. She's a hoarder. And she's peeking outside of the water in love with a guy that she's never met. Stalker. I'm just saying. And now you got girls thinking, well, oh, I don't really know him, but I love him, right? It puts these things in our mind, like these myths and these lies, like love at first sight. Guys, it's not real. Now you don't want to say amen to that because you want to believe it because you're thinking of the movies. When you walk and you see somebody, and all of a sudden you think it's a slow motion, then music starts playing. You look at her, she looks at you, and you go, oh. birds start flying in the picture, and you're like, oh, man. I'm mean, in mean so, I mean so much love, it. and we get upset. We get upset when we try and believe that, when it doesn't happen as quick as it happens in the movies. Why can't it happen like it happens in the movies? Because it's a movie. you got 90 minutes to fall in love. That's not real life, but I want it to happen like Jack and Rose. End up on a boat, see somebody near. Far wherever you are. You don't know what I'm talking about. That's my jam. It's me and Dion. My heart will... No, it's not like that, guys. But that's real love. Is it real love? Is it? Because if it was real love, maybe Rose could have moved over five inches and made space for Jack on the... There was room on that thing, guys! Jack did not have to die. All you had to do was move over five inches. Could have saved Jack's life. Could have been a Titanic 2 with the kids, a sequel. (laughs) But no... And so I want to I I let you know some of these myths, okay, some of these lies and relationships that we need to tackle, all right? And myth number one is this. Listen, myth number one, if I can just find the right person, everything will be all right. If I can just find the right person, the right person will fix me because I'm alone and that's my problem. If I can just find the right person, they'll accept me for who I am with all of my issues and all of my problems and my gambling addictions and my anger issues. People want me to change. I don't want to change. Real love loves me for who I am. If you don't like me, what well, then too bad because somebody's going to love me just the way I am. And we get this idea from that Bruno Mars song. When I see your face, you know what I'm talking about? It's not a thing that I would change. Girl, you're in church. You can sing it. It's okay. Just the way you are. Yeah, no. No, no. That song is not. Why can't I find somebody like, like Bruno Mars to love me just the way I am? Because Bruno Mars isn't real. It's not even his real name. His real name is Peter Gene Hernandez. It's not real. You're not going to find somebody like that. It's, and that's your excuse, you know? I don't want to change. I want somebody to love me just for the way I am. But, but, but you got to understand, love isn't just unconditional. It's also sacrificial. You got to be able to love somebody for who they are, but you also got to be able to love somebody enough to change who you are for that person. That's Jesus's model. He could have stayed in heaven and said, "No, sorry, you come to me. I'm not changing. I love heaven. Got a pretty sweet deal here. Snap my fingers, and boom, there's a stake. You know, I'm in charge of the entire universe." But no, he became a human baby. He changed who he was to love you, to love you, to love you. All right. So you gotta, you gotta change. All right. And that's, and that's my kind of, my, my kind of problem with a, with a, with a couple things in this theory here is that number one is that and married people help me out because single people, they don't know. I need you to tell them. I need you to tell them. Change is good. Why? Because the things that you love about them now are going to annoy you later. I love it. He's so funny. Oh, my God. He's so funny. He's so funny. Two years later, why are you always making jokes? <laughs> why you just can't be serious for one time? <laughs> my gosh, i was always making jokes. And he's like, but you got to love me for who I am. No. My other problem with this theory is that if there's one person for you or, the, you know, the one, like we all think, if I can just find them, what happens? This is what happens. The person that we're finally with, they start behaving in ways that we weren't expecting. They start saying things that we never thought that they would say. And all of a sudden, we start to think, wow, they must no longer be the one for me. The problem with the one mentality is that even when you find the one, you're still looking for the one when the one feels to live up to the one's expectations. So what happens. I'm start looking for the next one because this one isn't the one anymore. Funny how that works. Lie number two, we just need chemistry and passion. We just need chemistry and passion. I want to see them, and I want butterflies to come up. Have you ever noticed that every love song is always and only about the physical reaction that you feel? I get so weak in the knees. I can hardly speak. I lose all control, and something comes over me. So amazing. It's not a phase. Yes, it is. It's a phase. It's a phase, guys. It's a phase. The problem with basing your relationship solely on emotions is that you've lived long enough to know. Maybe teenagers, you haven't, but talk to somebody who's at least 16, 18, 20 years old. You've lived long enough to know that emotions are unstable. That you wake up in the morning in a good mood sometimes and you wake up in the morning in a bad mood sometimes. And so you can't have your love be based on your mood. If your love needs to surpass. Your emotions and your chemistry, everything is chemistry and everything's physical and everything's chemistry and everything's physical because you bought into lie number three, myth number three. We need sex. Guys, sex is not a need. Y'all, real quiet. (laughs) Right now, the guys are like, well, come on, Pastor, help a brother out. (laughs) Guys, I'm sorry to tell you, sex is not a need. Air, <laughs> water, <laughs> these are the needs of humanity. This is what we need to live, but, 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 not, but, not, but not sex. Sex is not a need. Hear me, sex is a gift. It's something that God gave us to enjoy with the person that we love under the covering of marriage. And here's the problem. We're bringing, we're bringing relationships under the covers before we bring our relationship under the cover of God. And until we can do that, listen, until we can do that, sex that makes us happy for the moment will end up bringing pain and hurt in the long run because we're trying to use it in a way that it wasn't designed to be used. Sex is designed to be used in the covenant of marriage. Listen, Tide pods are great for cleaning your clothes. Don't eat them like everybody on YouTube is doing. You will die. Why? Because it wasn't designed for that. When you use something in a way that it wasn't designed for, not only are you breaking it, but it's also breaking you. We have a ton of people who are carrying brokenness in their relationships, not because sex is a bad thing. It's a beautiful thing because they're not using it in the way that God and listen, if you're a parent of a teenager, I want you to know we're going to talk about sex. Or even if you're an adult, we're going to talk about sex and decision. We're going to talk about it in a not weird, nasty way because it's not weird or nasty or crude. It's beautiful. God designed it, and, and now I hope you bring your kids because if they don't hear it, the words perspective on it, they're going to hear their friends' perspectives on it. They're going to hear Hollywood's perspective on it, and uh, and it's not healthy. They're going to think that the Bible is archaic and that it doesn't speak to life's issues, but it does. It does. And so now we got relationships that are completely built on the physical. We know a lot about passion. We know a lot about sex. We know a lot about this and that. And we know not a lot about each other. And our relationships begin to suffer trial and trouble. But that's okay because we believe the lie number four, and that is that marriage is full of drama don't you know that's what marriage is that's what i saw when i grew up my parents not me personally but that's what somebody's thinking you know when i grew up my family was on in drama and the marriages were always tense and that's what it's supposed to be like that's what i see on reality tv real housewives it's not real guys my real might be in the title but it's not that's what i see and so and so we start to get into trouble in our marriages because it's built on the wrong things But we think, well, that's okay. You know what? Let's solidify this. Here's how we're going to fix this. We're going to have kids because that's what we ought to do, carry more responsibility and bring innocent children into this dysfunction. Let's do that. That'll save the relationship. And so we do that. We bring kids into it. But what happens with the kids is that her body begins to change for nine months. Hormones, which are a real thing, begin to impact. And that begins to impact her emotions. That begins to impact her attitude. That begins to pick back to her. And now she doesn't want to have sex. And now he gets upset because he's looking at her thinking, well, I've got needs. And if you're not fulfilling my needs, that begins to create a a deficit emotionally because we're not having sex. And now there's no chemistry and passion. And then one day he goes to work. And there's a new girl sitting behind the desk, and she says, hey, and he says something corny like, that's what horses eat. Because, you know, he's just like, and it should be a terrible joke, but the girl behind the counter laughs. <laughs> You're so funny. Horse. <laughs> oh, I get it. I get it. You're so silly. And then he's like, oh. She laughed, chemistry, passion, right? And then conversation after conversation, you find out that she's also willing to meet your needs. And now all of a sudden, because you believe the first time, now you got chemistry and passion with this person who's willing to meet your needs. And now all of a sudden, your wife's not the one anymore. And that's how It works. And oftentimes it works like that multiple times with multiple broken marriages and relationships. as a trail. Why? Because we're trying to, 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 to answer an, outside, an inside problem with an outside answer. And it doesn't happen that way. We build our relationships the wrong way. We build our relationships first and foremost, unfortunately, in the world. We build it on the physical. That's a winky face emoji. The only way I can think of illustrating the physical, you know what I'm saying? We build our relationships on this. Why is this the first thing that we build our relationships on? Because it's the quickest path to happiness. It's not always the lasting path to happiness, but it's the quickest path to happiness. I'm going to get physical with this person because that will make, bring me pleasure. Pleasure brings me happiness. Problem is it doesn't end there, right? Because as soon as you get physical, whether you like to admit it or not, you begin to get emotional. So you get physical, and then the physical opens up the heart. and Now you get emotional. Well, actually, this stage is really a beautiful thing, right? The emotional stage. This is like when you're in love, and like all you can think about is that person. Come on, do you remember that? When you got on the phone with that person that you love, you go, like, "No, you hang up. No, you hang up. No, you hang up." And it's like three in the morning, and it's the operator. Please hang up. This the, the receiver is off the hook. Please. Hang up, okay, right? It's, it's, it's the phase of love when like, you see them everywhere, even when you don't see them, and nothing bad can happen. You know what I'm saying? It's like you, you trip and you get muddled over your shirt, and you're like, oh my God, my shirt is brown like her eyes. You know, you start, see, you start doing things that you're not good at, but just to impress her. Like, you can't even play an instrument and sing songs, but you start writing songs for some reason, and you get a piano, you know, you're like, I wanna sing a song, you know, but you only know three notes, and they come from Hot Cross Bun. Then you start writing songs like, I love you, Liz. I love you, Liz. We should have some kids. We should have some kids. You know, just crazy. Just, and it's a beautiful stage, man. It's a beautiful stage because we're in love, and it's, and it's beautiful, and it's awesome. And, but there's only, there's, only, there's only a problem with, with this stage here. And, and the problem with, with, with this stage is that you think you're in love, but you're not really in love with this person. Why do you mean, I feel love, I, I, I do love this, no, you, you don't love this person because you haven't had enough time to really know this person. Who you're in love with is the best version of that person. You're in love with the public version of that person. You're in love with the person that they're putting on so that you can fall in love with them. And on top of that, because you don't really know them, they're, they're really playing into your image of what the one should look like. So because they're funny and they laugh and because they're putting on a good image, you all of a sudden, they become Noah from the notebook in your mind. Because that's your image, that's what they're portraying, and that's who you're in love with. And then, after that, you know, after we get emotional and we start, you know, kind of loving and stuff, then we, then we get into the next stage, you know. This is the stage right here where because we, because we love them and, you know, and, and we're in love with them, we start to introduce them to our friends. Right? We start to introduce them to our friends, our family. This is the social phase of relationships. Yeah. You got to be careful in this phase. Because, because you'll have some people in your life who say that they're friends, but not really friends. They'll be like, What do you think of him? And she'll be like, Oh, I love him. Does he have a brother? Hook it up, girl. Does he have a brother? That's how I want to know. But then three years later, when you get to divorce, she'll be like, I, I never liked him. I told you that from the beginning. I never liked him. I don't know why you went there. Right? But honestly, even if they had been honest, because I think there's always that one person in our life who is honest with us, maybe they're God-fearing and they tell us, it wouldn't have worked, why? Because in this stage, love is blind and deaf. So even though you got people who love you that are trying to speak life into your relationship, trying to warn you, you don't hear it and you don't see it because you're in love. And they'd be like, mm, I don't know, I don't know, man. I don't know what he, what's his credit like? You know, what, does he serve the Lord? And you know, I don't think, I don't think he's like, like he's drank like three bottles of beer like in five minutes, like you might be an issue. You don't know him like I know him! <laughs> You don't know him like I know him. You're just jealous because you're single and sad. You don't know him like I know him. He's awesome. I love him. And I don't want you to let you know a lot of people get married in this stage. It's where a lot of people get married. After they meet the friends, after they meet the family, um, and they introduce them, and everybody gives the thumbs up, and, you know, everybody's happy for you. Hashtag, last forever, love. Married people are laughing right now. <laughs> yeah, way about that. Because then comes the next stage. Next stage here, what we call the interpersonal stage. Interpersonal. Interpersonal. What's this stage? This is the stage where you really get to know the person. Because now you're married. and There is nowhere to run. The sink is there. The fridge is there. The clothes are not where they're supposed to go. And all of a sudden, we start looking at this person, and we go, this is the stage where people get married, and then they finally get to another person. They're like, "Uh, not only are you weird, but you are not the person I knew six months ago. Oh, yes, they are. You just didn't give the relationship enough time to discover that person because you were so in love. You didn't even bother to get to know him. It's in this this stage oftentimes where marriages fall fall apart, which is crazy because Hollywood never shows you this stage. You know where the movie ends? The movie always ends in this stage. Sunset, running down the beach, happily ever after. Boy, I wish they'd show the, the, the real sequel. When they get to know it. This is where a lot of marriages then. Here's what I've heard husbands tell me. They tell me, I love her. I'm just not in love with her anymore. Of course you're not. Be, because nobody stays in that stage forever. You, you don't just, that, that's a good thing. What do you mean that's a good thing? Because now you can love her, not for the way she makes you feel, but for who she is. That's shallow love. Love that's built on emotions. That will fade. That will break. But when you love someone for who they are, that's what lasts when that fades. Married people, you got to help me out because these single people think that they're going to be sending text, text, smiley face emojis every day of their life. There are women here who have never been married who think that their husband is going to come home with chocolate and flowers every day. And I just want to tell you, it's not like that. We say, oh, marriage sounds sad. No, it's beautiful. It's just not shallow anymore. I don't show my wife, you know, I can't, I can't remember the last time I brought, I brought flowers and chocolate home from my wife and she said, oh, well, you're a terrible husband. No, because that's when we were dating. That's the way I showed love then. You know how I show love now? Throwing out the trash, sucker. <laughs> you know how I show love now? Dying her roots while I'm being poisoned by all those few women. How do you do that? That's how I show love now. She even told me. She's like, she's like you know what? I feel more love. She told me this. I feel more love the more you hate it. So she told me. I'm like, really? I'm like, I don't know if that's biblical. I don't, I don't need to talk about that. But you know what she's saying? She goes, I love that you love me even when you're not enjoying what you're doing to show me that you love me. We want to live our whole relationship in the emotional phase, but it's shallow. This right here is what it's really about. Young people come to me all the time. I used to be a youth pastor. People, you know, Christians are funny. They want to get married when I are like 16. True story. Um, mostly because they want to get to the, that stage. And so we just get married. And um, I always ask them, say, why do you want to get married? You say, uh, we're in love. Worst answer ever, because that won't last. Have you talked about your views on life? You guys share the same goals? Are you both going the same direction? Do you know, do you know what her credit score is? Do you know if that person can balance a checkbook? Do you know if that person has a checkbook? What is their financial condition right now? There are things you need to know before you jump into a commitment with somebody. And the guy's like, no, it's okay because I can show her the world. No, you can't. You're broke. You can't can't even Uber her. You can't show her nothing. You can't. You ain't got no car? What are you talking about? Where are you going to take her? McDonald's? Come on. Get to know someone. Come on Jesus, yes. <laughs> and then what happens is, listen, we're married, we're in a relationship, and we know things aren't going well, and so somehow... somehow... Somehow we end up in church. We're sitting and we think, you know what? I need to get God in my life because I can tell that things aren't right and I don't know that I'm not doing things the right way and maybe it was an invitation, maybe it was something that came in the mail, you know? And And it's all like, I think my marriage is doing so well or my, you know, I've been single for a long time. I think I'm gonna go to church and I'm gonna give God an opportunity to fix it. The only problem is we're trying to build on a faulty foundation. And when the spiritual is the last thing that you put in your life, it actually doesn't help. It actually hurts. Because what happens is you come to church, but, but God is such a heavy burden to carry, and you begin to feel the weight of your sin, and you begin to feel the weight of your shame, and you begin to feel the weight of all the poor choices, and all the physical stuff that you've been building up year over year, being abused physically, being abused socially, being abused emotionally, nobody loving you for who you are, and now you want to get God in position, but don't work like this. God's too heavy to carry. In fact, He was not designed to be carried and he was not designed to be lifted. I've got good news. God wants to lift and carry you. That was his design. Not to be the last thing that you get right in your life. Because a lot of people will say, once I get all this right, then I'll get God in place. But you'll never get God in place last in your life. You will only get God in place if he is first in your life. There are a lot of people at this stage who are being crushed under the guilt and shame of a sexual past and and divorces. And and all that's eating at them. and, And God's like, why are you doing that to yourself? That's not who I am in your life. Stop trying to carry me and let me start carrying you. There's a beautiful thing, guys, called grace do you know what grace is grace is this grace is the start over card grace is the new beginning card grace says it doesn't matter how you built this when jesus gets into the picture you can start building again from the beginning like nothing ever happened he'll restore your purity he'll restore your holiness he'll restore your relationships if you put him first i'm gonna talk to the single people then i'm gonna talk to the married people single people this is the first thing you got to get right in your life why why Because if you don't get God right in your life, you're going to keep going to other people to try and fill a gap in your soul that only God can fill. And I want you to know, two half people don't make one whole person. They make an incomplete half relationship. Two half people, that's what it makes. Two half people but if you get god in place he'll be able to fill certain voids certain gaps certain emptiness which will then allow you to love people for who they are and not what you need from them because everything you need is found in jesus stop trying to find yourself in another person find yourself in jesus christ when you find yourself in him no one can take away the foundation from you no one and then here's what you do after you get into a relationship after you get into a relationship You get into a small group right away you got to get into a small group you got to love getting around people who are going to encourage you and build you you got to get around people who are going to you know push you and and make sure that you're the best version of yourself you got small group sign ups in the back get in a small group why because you're going to be able to get your relational needs met too from friends people who don't want something from you they just want something for you get that in place after you get that in place Then you meet somebody maybe you met them at small group hey hey maybe you met them at church maybe you met them at work it doesn't matter the point is now that you got your spiritual life in place now that you got good friends around you that going to support you now you can get to know that person now you got to know them you got to ask questions about them this takes time you can't rush into this because you won't ever see the true version of themselves so this takes time you got to see how they act around other people see how they act around their family see how they act when no one's watching this is okay this is where you can stalk the Facebook and all that stuff you can do that do that this is where you get to know them okay and then guess what happens but the whole time you're knowing them you gotta be careful to guard your emotions because the Bible says that the heart is the wellspring of life you need to guard it so the problem is, if you let, if you get to the emotional phase, before you get to know them phase, you're going to become blind and deaf and you're not going to be able to really understand who they are because it's all going to be filtered through your perception of who the one is and through the fake versions of, so once you get to know them, so this is important because between this stage and this stage right here, it's, it's, it's protection and it's, it's, it's patience. But once you get to know them, you, go, you know what, I like where their life is going. I like their goals. We share a lot of the same goals. I like that they're passionate about Christ. I like that they're that they're pure. I like that they pray. I like that they come to church. I, I, I like that they got their finances in order. At that point, you open up your heart. Then you let them in. But until that, you don't do that. You got a guardian. And finally, you get to know them. You fall in love with them. And then, Then you get married, this is God's design, and then once you get married, you have fun. And you have fun with no guilt, you have fun with no shame because you built your relationship on the proper foundation and in the right order. If you're married, how does this apply to you if you're married? Let me tell you right now, if you're married, this this applies to you too, why? Start here. There are marriages that are going through a tough time right now and you're trying and you're blaming it on the other person and you're blaming it on how they make you feel. You cannot solve a relationship from an emotional and interpersonal level if you still not have solved the spiritual level. Stop trying to fix him or her and stop trying to feel right or feel good. You're you're operating too high on the pyramid. You gotta get down here. You gotta get down here. Once you fix this, once you establish this, then you can work it out. And so let me tell you right now, if you're married, you need to stop yelling at that person. You need to start getting on your knees and you need to start praying for that person. And you need to start asking God to fix me and heal me and help me become the person that they need. Well, he won't pray. That's okay. You get on your knees and you pray for him. And I promise you that if you get on your knees every day, God is going to begin to speak to her or begin to speak to him in ways you can never speak to him and to her if you just put God first in your relationship you get on your knees you say god i gotta get you in the right position and then when this gets fixed get in a married couple small group go to counseling go to counseling i'm going to say it again go to counseling. we've got counselors here at the church we've got counselors that are not at the church talk to me in the lobby i'll hook you up i'll get you. go to counseling you need this people who can be able to give you perspective then once once you're healed spiritually then once you're getting around good people then you can begin to learn that person all over again. Because the person you're married to today is not the person you dated in high school. Now you can begin to learn who they are. Once you begin to re meet them, relearn them, then you're gonna discover emotional healing. Then you're gonna be able to enjoy each other. A lot of people think that's the problem. We haven't had sex in six months, we haven't had sex in a year. What's the, guys, that's the top of the pyramid. It really starts here. It really starts here. Building your foundation. Here's what the Bible says, Matthew chapter 7 verse 24 to 25. Everyone then who hears these words of mine, does them, will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. Next verse. And the rain fell. Even in the movies when the rain falls, it's beautiful. I never understood that. People in the rain chilling, just running out of people like, get an umbrella. Who does that? Who just... Because movies want to even sensualize the, 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 the bad parts. And when the rain fell, guys, rain is going to fall on your relationships. Don't try and live a marriage with no rain. Rain will come on the just and the unjust, the Bible says. And the floods came. Floods will come. And the winds blow. The wind will blow. And it will beat on that house. And it will beat on your marriage. And it will beat on your security. And it will beat on on your personality. It will beat on your identity. But when it came, it did not fall. Because it was founded. It was founded on the rock. Finding your foundation is putting Jesus in the right place and then working. And I want to do that today. I want to ask every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're in this room right now and you need to put Jesus back in place, this is, this is a one call. Maybe for the first time or maybe again maybe you've allowed him to slip maybe you got more involved in the social maybe you got more involved in their issues maybe you got more involved in your heart and your feelings maybe you got too involved in the physical that's okay we got a start over card it's called grace if that's you when i say Three, and this is this is everybody in this room. Maybe you're there, or maybe you've never made a decision for Jesus Christ. Maybe you've never been a real you know a Christian. You've never put the spiritual in place. You're single or you're married, but you're realizing your foundation is out of whack. Here's what I want you to do. When I say three, I want you to shoot your right hand up to the sky as a signal. What? I'm putting Jesus in the right place. One, two, three three right now come on throw that hand up come on i see that hand i see that hand i see that hand i see it 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 come on it's time to put the rock in position it's time to put the rock in position you can put your hand down church i want you to pray this prayer with me and with those who just raised their hand father god today i put the rock in place jesus be first in my life i want to build my relationships on you my my goal is to put you first and let the rest take care of itself. Live inside my heart, in Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen. Come on, give it up for 10 or 15 people that made a decision. Why don't you stand on your feet right now as you make that noise, come on, keep it going, keep it going for them, come on. God's gonna restore relationships in this series. God's gonna restore marriages, God's gonna heal people by putting the rock in position, by putting the rock in place, amen.
0: Thanks so much for joining us today. We hope you've been blessed and encouraged by this message. We'd love to know how this ministry is touching your life. If you would like to share your testimony or if you have any prayer requests, please email us amen at journeyorl.com where we'll have a team of people ready to celebrate with you and pray with you. Also, if you would like to help support the ministry of Journey Church in a financial way, you can do so by visiting journeyorl.com and choosing the giving option. Or text JOURNEYORL to 77977. We hope you'll join us again soon. Have a great week.